0: Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Well, if you have your Bibles, smartphones, or tablets, I would invite you to uh, take them and turn to Psalm 23. That's what we're going to be looking at today. Uh, I mentioned it at the start, but for those of you at home, uh, we're going to be uh, celebrating communion at the end of uh, today today's service, and so if you want to grab crackers and juice or bread and water, something that you can celebrate communion with us, I would encourage you to do that. Well, this is an anniversary for me. This is my third year at Asbury, so I'm very happy. uh, Yeah. Always good to celebrate milestones, and you, um, and milestones and you guys haven't thrown stones, so that's all good. I am very, very thankful for that, and I, I really am thankful to be here, because it's a good church, great people. Well, today is the last installment in our series, Forks in the Road. And at different points in your spiritual journey, you're, you're going to come to, to a fork in the road. And one way is going to take you towards God... Another way is going to stall you or take you in a loop or go to places where you don't want to go. Um, And so we're going to take a look at the last fork in the road today, and it is busyness. thought there was good symmetry with Labor Day and busyness. Today I want to talk about the sheep path and the superhighway. I don't know about you, but August It flew by, it went faster than a $20 bill at the grocery store, right? Like, it just poof, and it was gone. Um, And we're starting up September, and September, for many of us, is the start of the year. Everything starts up. Uh, Small groups start up, Uh, a lot of the things around the church start up, a lot of things in your lives start up, a lot of extracurricular activities start up, school starts up, and we get busy unless COVID shuts us down, then we won't be. But before COVID, whenever I talk to people and ask them how they were, nine times out of ten, I get the word busy. Uh, During COVID, uh, some discovered that busyness was a thing that they didn't know how to live without. See, Busyness comes to us in different forms. It's, it's actually connected somewhat to life stage. If you have kids under seven, you're going to be busy because, well, they're busy. If you have teenagers, well, you know, you are the uh, official taxi driver of the teenage generation, and so you're going to be a teenager, but you probably have older parents as well, and so you're sandwiched in between that, and you're going to be busy. And retired people. Retired people are some of the busiest people I know, except uh, they're just choosing what to be busy at. Uh, And so when we talk to people, oftentimes what we get is, how you doing? I'm busy. Bible, Psalm 23, reading from the New American Standard Version this morning, says this. The Lord is my shepherd. If you'll forward the, the, the slide for me, Zeke, I didn't mark it down for you, so sorry about that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores our souls. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me, a banquet, in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When you're on a spiritual journey and you get to a fork in the road, the rule of thumb is follow your shepherd. You followed your shepherd even when he led you to that unfashionable place called the cross. There, you exchange your old life for a new one. You followed your shepherd, and he led you to a relationship with God. Now, when you get to the fork in the road where there's a sheep path or a superhighway, I want to encourage you follow your shepherd when he takes the sheep path. The promise is that you will not be in want. He'll provide for your needs. passage goes on to say, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now this isn't the portion of Scripture we're going to focus on today, but let me say that there are times, especially when you choose the superhighway, that sometimes He will cause you to come to a screeching halt so you can lie down in green pastures. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Sometimes life is like that. It may be a sickness or a bunch of closed doors and it feels like your life is on hold. But if you'll see that the shepherd has led, it can be good. If you expect to live on the superhighway and all of a sudden you're made to lie down, it can be a really frustrating experience. But if you look around and you see that God wants to use this to a time to refresh you, to renew you, even times where, well, it feels confining. We say lockdown. Even times when it feels confining. You can look at them as times for waiting on God passage goes on to say, He leads me beside quiet or still waters. And here's where your choice comes in. He leads. And you can choose to follow his lead, or you can choose the superhighway. Beside the still waters, those are times of reflection. On the superhighway, super you're, you're in constant motion, and your life goes flying by. But where the waters are still, there, are, there is peace. On, on the superhighway, there is an adrenaline rush, and then there's the adrenaline crash and tiredness. Beside the still waters, our soul is trickle-charged. It's replenished. On the superhighway, our, our, our soul is always looking for the quick fix. How can I recharge on the run? That would be a good uh, best-seller book on the rest stops of the superhighway. Superhighway is the place of busyness. Sheep path is a place where there's calmness of soul. Superhighway is where you get caught up in the flow of traffic and, and you need to keep up with those around you. The sheep path is all about where the shepherd leads at his own pace. The right pace—the pace that you can handle. Interesting thing is that often the sheep path and the superhighway are headed to the same in the same direction. We want to get to where God wants us to be. We we want to have full life. We want to be full of love and full of grace and full of peace. We want to experience the presence of God and the power of God. The Sheep Path is the shorter way there, but, oh, it seems so much slower. Superhighway is, is longer, and, and you can keep running, even running after good stuff, but it feels like you're, you're doing something and you're getting somewhere. The only question you keep on asking yourself is, oh, do I have enough gas to get to the destination where I want to go? You get on the superhighway and you move, you do. There are a number of you who, like me, have sought to get your schedule under control. You've been trying to lean into time management or you've been trying to learn how to say no. You've been trying to prioritize your life. And these things are often really good, but let me tell you something that the time management books will not tell you. The problem with busyness is not the amount of activity. It's the state of your soul. You see, the whole reason why the Good Shepherd leads us by Sill Waters is to restore your soul. I've known people who... Under the guise of being too busy, have, said, have quit Bible studies, but what they've done to stay at home and watch television. Known people who have turned down ministry opportunities so that they could stay home and play computer games. But people, when you do that, you're missing the point. The whole point of fighting against busyness is the state of your soul. See, Your calendar can be empty, but your soul can be way too busy even still. When COVID hit last year, a whole lot of us had more time on our hands than we ever had before. Some of us were way busier than we ever were before, but for those who had more time on their hands, now this is a generalization. I didn't know. I didn't notice a vast uptick in their spiritual life. Now I, I know some people who really kick their spiritual life into into gear, and that's awesome. But there's a lot of people who had time in their hands, but it, they, did, they never did get to the still waters. I learned this lesson way before COVID hit. For years, I thought. I would pray more if I just had more time. I don't know how to fit in all the things I need to do into the hours of the day that I have. And I would go and I'd run on arrow prayers, you know, God help, God bless that person, and we'd just run and run and run. And then something happened where I had more discretionary time. And what I found? It was just as hard to connect with God. Um, it was hard to pray. It was hard to take time, even though I had the time. Lack of time was just the convenient excuse. The answer to busyness is not just cease activity. The answer to busyness is to do what you need to do so that Jesus can lead you into a place where you have a healthy soul. Jesus asked, "What would a prophet a, a man if he gained the whole world but lost a soul?" How healthy is your soul? Some have burnt the candle at both ends for so long that you think normal is living, living in fogginess and tiredness. Some have been running for so long that anxiety seems normal and peace seems foreign. Some of have two gears: high gear and veg state. Like that's, that's it. We need to find more gears. Some have been busy for so long that they've numbed their souls. Others talk to God as an acquaintance, or somebody you wave at as you're passing rather than a friend. Others feel so distracted from God that they wonder about God. Except when a crisis hits, then of course we call to him, but once the crisis is over, we revert back to how we were. Those are some indications of busyness. You'll notice it's more busyness of soul than busyness of calendar. Here, verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. He leads you beside still waters. He leads you in paths of righteousness. You need to know that when you take the sheep path, Jesus is going to lead you and teach you, teach you righteousness. Righteousness is... First and foremost, who you are because of what Jesus has done. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf, that we might know the righteousness of God in him. That's what we're going to celebrate in communion today. He took our sin, gave us his righteousness. There is a righteousness. But there's more than that. The Bible teaches us to pursue righteousness. So not only are you righteous, but we're called to pursue righteousness. There's a practical righteousness, a a righteousness of, of soul that comes out of what you do and how you act and how you react. Righteousness is, in this context, is right action that stems out of the character of God. You may be on the sheep path, but that doesn't mean you stop doing everything. This means that you're quiet enough, your soul's been restored enough so that you can hear the voice of God to do the right thing. Now that you know that the sheep path leads to a restored soul and to righteousness, it may be a little easier to figure out what is busyness and what's proper activity. Let me give you some practical advice. I know very few people who work a 40-hour week anymore. A lot of times it's 45, 50, and sometimes more. Uh, There is work by necessity. And sometimes people just become workaholics because it's one of the socially, uh, socially accepted addictions. You know... Most jobs have busy seasons. And being busy for a season is okay. Sometimes there's even a busy couple of years where it just, that's what life is. But if you can look ahead and see life at, a light at the end of the tunnel in that busy season, then your call is to persevere. Put your head down, get it done. You can see the end of the season coming, and you can sit by those quiet waters and refresh. If you look ahead and you cannot see any light at the end of the tunnel, you're probably on the wrong track. Time to switch tracks. If... There are so many activities that create busyness in our lives. Most of the activities that we get involved in, they're really good. Our call is to say, Jesus, is that what you want of me? For those of you who are seniors, and you feel your energy level dropping, this is really important for you. You can only do so much. You can't do as much as you used to be able to do. So please, please, please spend some time figuring out what God has called you to do. Don't stop, say, I'm not going to do anything, but don't overextend yourself. That goes for all of us. What is God calling us to do? I can't give a blanket uh, prescription, but let me make some suggestions to you. Do what you need to do to pursue righteousness, a healthy soul, gain perspective on life. First thing I tell you is this, and this is going to be a hard one for some of you. Take a Sabbath day. A Sabbath day is a day of rest. Now, some of you are old enough to remember that the Sabbath day was a really legalistic day and you couldn't do anything on the Sabbath day. That was never God's intention. The Sabbath was made for people. That was God's point. He designed rest for one day a week because we need it. And rest will look different for everyone. If you do labor um, for your job, then rest for you probably means resting your body. If you have a sedentary job... Well, then rest for you probably means getting out and doing some sort of recreational exercise. If you are studying all the time, then Sabbath for you might mean to to rest your brain a little. If you don't study at all, then a Sabbath for you might mean to dive into some studies on that day. A good Sabbath includes worship, includes prayer. A good Sabbath includes eating and celebration. It's a day to have fun. Good day. Put a Sabbath into your schedule, it's important. If you want Jesus to restore your soul, then there are other activities that become important, but it's summed up, I think, best by John 15 about abiding in Christ, what it means to remain in Christ, to have a substantial connection to Christ. Now, there are some things that you must do, and there are some things that only God can do to make this happen and continue to happen in your life. I'm going to take you to Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says this, Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and wisdom, through psalms and hymns and songs of from the Spirit. Sing to God with gratitudes in your heart. Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You'll notice some of the keys is let the message of Christ dwell in you. And that's part of what we're going to do with communion today is we're going to let the message that Jesus died for our sins and that He gave us His righteousness. We're going to let that settle. We're going to we're going to meditate on that. We're going to dwell on that. Let that dwell in you richly. We're also, uh, it says, you know, connect with one another. You know, admonish, teach, share with one another in such a way where uh, everyone's growing. What's God saying to you? Become a part of a community where, where fellowship is truly around Jesus. I want to talk about that a little later on this fall. I want to encourage you to commit yourself to be discipled. Commit yourself to becoming spiritually mature. To finding out how to live out how God has created you. If you commit yourself to Jesus and letting him dwell in you richly and to people around you, then you will have a well-rounded life. Not a life turned inwards, but a light life turned upward and outward. Linda and I took a journaling course out at Regent College in Vancouver. It was a fun course, what we call a bird course. Um, it, was, it, was, it was great. But around that time, I, I also read Eugene Peterson's book, the contemplative pastor, uh, which he basically says, to paraphrase, busyness and pastor should be used in the same sentence and should have the same ring as adultery and pastor. They should never be found together. And I said, ouch. After reflecting on what he had to say, I came to the same conclusion. I'm in an people-oriented, time-pressured, calling. But my primary call is to stay on the sheep path. So I made a commitment not to be busy. And I kept it for about a year. And then I got back onto the superhighway. And I found my life having this series of being on the sheep path and then getting off onto the superhighway being dead tired and getting, taking the exit ramp, getting back onto the sheep ramp, or sheep path. I found that I need to control my calendar, I need to be conscientious over the decisions I make about my time. There's been times when my calendar has been crammed and my soul has been empty. There's been other times where my calendar has been full and my soul has been just fine. The decision to follow the sheep path, I found, is not a a one-off decision. It's not something you're going to go away from today and say, oh, I I made this decision, we're good. No, he leads me beside still water, seems to be an ongoing process. So come what may, whether we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or whether we're camped out in the middle of our enemies, we know that the shepherd is with us. We have the strength to meet the challenges of today. Many of you have come to that fork in the road, or maybe you're on the superhighway, and you know it, you need to take an exit. Let me read to you Psalm 23 again and hear the shepherd's voice. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod, your staff, they, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. My cup runs over. Wouldn't you like to have an overflowing cup? Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. People, follow your shepherd. Today we come to communion. It's meant to be those one of those times where we come beside still waters where we hear from our shepherd, where the message of Jesus and his love for us and his grace to us, his undisorbed favor uh, comes to us. And so we come here saying it's not because of who we are, but because of who he is and what he's done that allows us to walk behind him and go where he leads I want to encourage you, as we remember what Jesus has done for us, keep an eye out for the shepherd and follow him into the rest of your life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that you meet with us and you do lead us. Lord, I pray that that leading would be become personal to each person who's listening to this. That they would know your voice and follow after you. I pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.